I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hey y'all, welcome back to another sweltering episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two sweaty nerds sit in front of microphones, try not to murder each other, and talk about the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Kayla McKinnon. This is episode 164. 164, which might actually be the temperature in this apartment right now, (laughs) oddly enough. In Fahrenheit or Celsius? Uh, Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Oh, we're going to be a little realistic about it. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Just a bit. Because I'm from Windsor and I still talk in Imperial. Right. I still have to do that math. It's crazy. I can't do that math. I don't know what magic it is. What is it? It's like minus in, 30 times in, in reverse, it's divided by 2 minus 31. There we go. Because when you're down there, if you when you see it in Celsius, if you want to convert to Fahrenheit, it's times 2 plus 31. Times 2 plus 31. Hey, fun facts with Jordan Kate. Fun facts. You know what? What? This franchise has just been loaded with fun facts. Oh my For God, over we're 160 episodes. You're a franchise? We are a franchise. Oh my goodness. We are the franchise player in these geeky podcast streets. Uh, can I? Can we drink to that? If you like, sure. I really just wanted a drink. <laughs> drink to be a franchise. We're, we're going to be toasting a lot this episode so we can stay hydrated. Not drinking anything fun. It's just juicy drink. Yeah. It's just very important to stay hydrated when it's this warm. Oh my God, yes. If you would like to go back and find all the fun facts... This franchise was brought to you over 160 episodes. You can do that at soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. That's where the show lives. We hang out there. Just chilling. It's like the mall. It's cold. We got a 40 in a, in a paper bag. <laughs> watching watching the boys go by. Yeah. Giving dap, saying what's up. Keeping yeah. it moving. Uh-huh. All those things. If you had translate, translated that into Imperial Talk, would have been like, tipping our top hats, <laughs> doing little bows. Hey, Kate, dap me up. Oh, is that a dap? No. Is that a dap? Nah. What am I doing? Is that a dap? <laughs> Kinda. Am I dapping? What? Dap. Oh. You cur- curl the fingers. Oh. You go, you go cur- in. Oh. oh. <laughs> Teach you Caitlin to dap. If I do I'm... this, does that make it less <laughs> cool? <laughs> If I snap, do a finger snap. That's cool. Maybe a little bit, but uh, you know, pew, tr- pew, try pew. it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had the pew pew pew. Definitely had the finger guns. Pew, pew, pew. And then, so take that back with you. Yeah. Try that when you get on the streetcar today. Just yeah. try that with a stranger yeah. and uh, and see how it goes. Ooh, don't let me forget about something I saw recently. Okay, friends, we're recording back to back today, so yeah. uh, we have exhausted most of the topics we had on last week's episode. So it's going to be a lot more freeform this time. Help. And most of our ability to keep things going in a forward <laughs> motion. You know, rationally. Like I already abandoned the preamble. The point is. Yep. That's where the show lives. You'll get a notification every time a new show goes live. If you hit follow, if that's too much work, if oh. you can barely keep it together, like we can keep it together, it's too barely hot. right now. Too hot. You're just sitting. You don't want to move. You get the fan oscillating across your junk. We get it. Do not spit out juicy drink on the electronics. <laughs> okay, it's because you said junk. Junk. <laughs> the French, right? We're by. Uh. Sir, you have to be bilingual for this job. Hey, I am bilingual. <laughs> I know the French word for junk. <laughs> uh, uh, is this your, your name? The last name is Johnson. It's pronounced Tibido. <laughs> uh, 
Thank you, Radio Free Vestibule. It's one of my favorite oh, all-time man. Canadian comedy bits. Il y a un pamplemousse dans la fenêtre. Why is there a grapefruit in the window? Deux pamplemousse. Oh, two grapefruits. <laughs> yes. Friends, we get it. Too much work. Why would you ever want to miss out on any of this chicanery? Fun. Shenanigans, chicanery, tomfoolery. Good times. You can have them all brought to you at zero charge, courtesy of a magical snow elf who cares not for heat or for cold. He's just always a temperate 65 degrees. And in Celsius, that's... Oh, God. Uh, like 20. A temperate 20. <laughs> that is... That's like 18. Temperate 18. Temperate 18 degrees. That is Chauncey Frostolicus III, Geek Down Internet. Elf. Zipping along on a rainbow-maned unicorn pegasus of friendship named Philippe. Chauncey and Philippe. Chauncey and Philippe. Running through the skies, bringing you episodes of Geek Down. That's what they love to do. That is what they love to do, and they don't charge you anything. No. But if you're, like, appalled that we offer this caliber of content to you at zero charge, and you're like... You're like, oh, those poor, actually poor people. I am taking advantage of these people. Their wealth position does not afford them the ability to just give away this content. Wealth posi- The definition of wealth position is a rich person word for how poor you are. And or wealthy. So, what's your wealth position today, Jordan? Oh, my wealth position today? Yeah. It is exactly the same as it was. <laughs> now it's Sonic when his back is turned, but still on the ledge. Oh. So instead of going like this, oh, for he's it, going yeah. like this. Uh-oh. He's just leaning back. Yeah. Equally precarious. Yes. Um, mine is still poor. Both in state and in fact. If your wealth position is um, more advanced... Advanced, uh, sound. If you have too much money, and you're just you're you're already really sweaty, and then like it's also like it's weighing your pants down because you, you just have too much money. Like your hands are sweaty, and you can't even hold on to it. Like the money's just floating around. It's like I I just rather get rid of it. I don't even want to deal with it. This yeah. is annoying. We have a much greater tolerance for annoying cash handling. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you might. We've both been in retail. We get it. We know what it's like. You can throw some of that money directly at our face. We'll take it because we're poor. <laughs> Via patreon.com slash geekdownpod or ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. One monthly commitment. You just believe in us that much. You want to give us a buck, three bucks, five bucks. Help us buy water and juice drink. Help keep us hydrated. Or maybe you know, maybe you're like, you know what? That's a little much. We get it. But you guys uh, deserve a nice coffee. So here's three bucks. Thank you. We appreciate it. We do. We appreciate all our, our fans and all our contributors. You guys are amazing and rock. And thank you. Because you let us take July off so we do not have to have many more days like this one. No. God, thank God we started taking July off. I know. I can't believe there's a year we did this every week. It was, it was bad. <laughs> it's fucking monstrous. Yeah. We were very sweaty. Friends, how are you staying cool in small, tiny Toronto apartments this summer? Let us know on any of our socials at GeekdownPod, primarily Twitter. Get up off Twitter. Or you can Google us. At GeekdownPod, wherever we are, we'll turn up. Yep. Go ahead and uh, reblog us on Tumblr. You could do that if you wanted. <laughs> Why would you? I, I, I don't, I don't know. think I get a notification. Do people go to Tumblr anymore now that they took the nudity away? Uh, that's where Taylor Swift tried to get all, tried to air her grievances. 
with the people who bought her label and thus her master recordings. Oh, I had no idea. Yes. This is news. This is Taylor playing the victim role again. You know how she do. Wow. It's where, where the lie, though. Um, Tumblr got rid of nudity, if you didn't know. And it, lots of people were like, that's it, I'm done. Furries are mad, y'all. I'd be. Where else are you going to get con- good content furry porn? Where am I supposed to find porno gifs while I'm at work? Right. Um, they block everything else. <laughs> the things that are really important, guys. Listen. Keep, uh, we keep also, your eye on the prize, y'all. If, if you want to tell us your feelings about Tumblr or Taylor Swift or furry porn, um, please do so Not at our Gmail. For, I, don't want, <laughs> I don't want the furry porn. I don't want it. Definitely send an email about Caitlin it. Dot <laughs> no. No. Geekdown at gmail.com. Geekdownpod. Oh, oh, this poor person who owns the Geekdown oh, e- email might have just gotten furry porn. No furry porn. Don't send it to anybody. Well, you can send Keep us that to yourself. Your and- opinions, though. Uh, geekdownpod at gmail.com. Also, if you just want to swing by Facebook, you could do so www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. It's just like riding a bike, Jordan. You'll never forget. The AC might be old, but I think it's still working in some parts. So, I mean, swing on through, keep cool. Yeah. Hang out by the abandoned Payless shoe source. And <laughs> I got really good deals there like a month ago. <laughs> oh, a month ago? Yeah. Well, that's really? going out of business. Oh, two months at this point. Did Payless Shoe Source really go out of business? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I got, like, know. crazy discounts on shoes. It's great. <laughs> Keep wiping my face and I can hear the, yeah. t- the towel on my beard and the microphone. That's going to be great for the people. Oh, they're going to love it. They're going to love it. Um, I was mentioning uh, one thing I believe I forgot to mention on one of our episodes before we went on hiatus was uh, in my story about going to go see the Homihisa. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time I went at Cosmos Records. I took the streetcar down. It was Pride Sunday. Right. Um, so, I mean, not only... Lots of only, colors, lots of fun. Lots of colors, lots of fun. Bunch of kids got on the subway, treated like their own... Uh, not the subway, got on the streetcar, treated like their own personal party train, which was initially annoying, but then it led to a sing-along of firework by Katy Perry, and I was <laughs> like, all right, this is cute. Um, but as I went to catch the streetcar, a gentleman pulled up on a bike, yep. towing one of those, like, full bike trailers okay. that normally your child goes in. Right. And instead of a child, was a full-grown hog. <laughs> It was a hog. Yes. Um, like an actual pig. Like a cute pig? No, like a, like a hog. Like not a cute like little... You remember that remember that story about the two gay guys who like thought they were getting a cute little miniature pig and then it blew up right. into like a giant hog? It was like yeah. this size and he had it in a fucking bike trailer but and was, was like cute? pulling it. Well, yeah, all pigs are kind of cute a little bit. Yeah. You like pugs are cute, you know, like they're ugly, but they're, they're still cute. I think pigs are beautiful animals. <laughs> it's the hooves the feet what about them nice those aren't cute well, they're fine no little like three-toed weird things at least they can't open a door <laughs> it's like oh something out of a horror movie cats can open doors yo but anyway yeah a guy, guy pulling a pig tried to get a photo of it couldn't oh streetcar was coming and then i thought we were going to catch up to him but he was making good time considering he was pulling a full-grown <laughs> hog in a bike trailer but and the hog was super chill it looked like yeah all right i hope they I hope they were going to like Somewhere fun. And not He was like, not the going butcher? to eat him, yes. <laughs> really hoping really hoping that was not the final destination for that hog, but Well he got a good ride out of downtown Toronto he got, out of it. He got a brisk sunny doing got a ride got a brisk ride through Toronto on Pride Sunday. Wow. Well, they were going to the Pride Parade. <gasps> I hope he they was were gonna walk his pig through the Pride Parade. Hey, it is Hogtown. Uh 
Maybe it's the the most beautiful hog of Hogtown. <laughs> Maybe they have some sort of award ceremony. I don't know. I'm trying to make it a good story for the hog. God, he's. I'm. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. Sad day in Toronto right now while we're recording. We just we're just hit the the blogospheres that uh, the fun the fun guy is yeah. has is hitting the road. He, he did his tour in Toronto, won us a championship, and now he's off to the Clippers. Yeah, but I heard that that's like everyone thought that didn't they? And most people are pretty chill about it. Yeah, it seems like most people are kind of like you know, thank you for your service. The Beaverton had a funny article as the Beaverton tends to do. Which was... Uh, Sorry, that's Canada's onion, y'all. Oh, yes. Uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, needs to take out a restraining o- uh, order on three million Torontonians. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a complex thing that was like some guy running from a barbecue, but they put like Kawhi's <laughs> face on it. And there was a sign like two of the Clippers and people were chasing him. It was like how, how Kawhi's getting out of Toronto right now. Yeah. Uh, but it's all good. It's all good. We've got a championship. There was a parade. There was a parade. It was an insane parade. If you think I was going anywhere near that nonsense the day it happened. Nuh-uh. I happened to be in the city, but I got out just in time. Not a chance in hell. So I did save one piece of news from last episode. And that is? Because that, I told everyone you would tell them, so I'm really glad we're getting to it. <laughs> that is the, um, what I believe is the most expensive production deal netflix has ever struck aha uh-huh, yes yes i've heard about this Caitlin knows about this and that is for something i never thought i would see in my lifetime a sandman television show yeah i think they i think amazon saw the popularity of good omens and I, they were probably of course have been talking about this forever but that probably just sealed the deal the fact that I think that Gaiman proved he could show run. Again. Because he kind of... Wasn't Good Omens his first time out for that? Well, for no, he's running? produced like American Gods. And, he's been a producer, but he was like yeah. the guy kind of running the day-to-day on... Though it was like a, you know, he's something he did for Terry Pratchett, right? Yes. So he wanted to be able to have his hands on everything. Um, And it's not even just him when you read like the... The pedigree of all the people involved with this, um, this is coming from an article on Entertainment Weekly. Um, God, I feel like we've even been talking about it since then, but it's like not the first time a Sandman adaptation has been floating around. We will recall Jogo, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, had his name attached to it for a hot second. He was going to direct it at some point. That fizzled out. Um, Netflix has committed to 10 episodes rather than a movie, which... I don't make it sound like they're they're only going to do one season, but even that seems even that seems rough. No, someone was like, "Are you going to try and fit the whole thing into one season?" And Neil Gaiman was like, "No." (laughs) Neil Gaiman basically did a Twitter Q and A where all these people he answered all these like misconceptions. (laughs) He he was like, "You have questions about this for the next twenty minutes. I will try and get through as many as I can." And one of them was, "Are you trying to going to are you going to fit the whole story into one season?" He was like, "No, it's basically going to be the first volume right and a bit right of some other stuff so at 10 episodes that leaves more opportunity to you know incorporate more of the wide cast of characters the thing about when you read the sandman is like i guess i'm assuming that people know what that is but <laughs> sandman was like oh, yeah sandman was the proto uh it was neil gaiman's breakout book yeah comic book 
um, that basically launched the Vertigo line yep. for DC. Rip the Vertigo line, by the way. That's another. Oh yeah, that's another news story from R.I.P. Th- this era. DC quietly shutting down the Vertigo line. Um, but yeah, it was basically kind of started on the back of the Sandman to tell these like mature readers mm-hmm. stories, and that's where like Doom Patrol ended up there. Shade the Changing Man, all those like. Kind of weird to the side DC characters kind of ended up mm-hmm. over on Vertigo. Um, and Sandman kind of had its roots in a Golden Age superhero character, but Neil Gaiman just kind of took the name and ran with it. An element of that that character appears in the Sandman book, but he basically just created a like entire mythology. Yeah. And by, yeah, by ran with it, I mean he like sprinted as fast as he could <laughs> away from the original story. Yeah, and I mean, it starts off, I mean, like, fucking the Justice League is in that first trade, like, but it slowly yeah. moved away from that, and really, it's about the, you know, they're not gods because gods die. Um, yeah. The concept of the Endless, yep. which you find out later, there are like seven of them, but initially the first one you meet is Dream. He is the Lord of Dreams, the ruler of the Dreaming, whatever. Yep. When you fall asleep and you dream, you go to his kingdom. And named you, Morpheus. Named Morpheus. Um, is that the actual Greek name? I think so. Name? Um, I think it is. But, and over the course of 75 issues, I think, I think so. there were, um, sometimes he just doesn't show up. Sometimes it's a story about, because he's, you know, every, well, most mythologies have some sort of dream deity or, or presence or, or spirit. Or spirit yes. Um, he might just tell a story about the African version of dream of Morpheus or yeah. the Arabian version of of Morpheus <clears throat> for these little one-offs um, or the cat version of Morpheus. Yes. <laughs> um, cats have their own belief system as well. Um, so yeah, so sometimes you just don't show up and you might deal with these like secondary characters. And when you really go back, the thing for me was like, I was buying single issues. I have like two thirds of it Ooh. in singles. Um, that <laughs> might finance Japan at some point. We don't know. Um, hey, wait until this show comes out. Yeah, right? Like I was exploded. actually saying, I was saying that to Mr. Malash the other day. I was, I was like, I was like, man, talk about improving your wealth position. Yeah. Um, but I, I only have like two thirds of it. But because I was picking it up piecemeal, right? Like I would, I would basically work backwards, right? Because right. the later issues were cheaper and mm-hmm. easier to find. Um. I still don't have Death's First Appearance because that's where it, like, spikes. Yeah. I remember about the first, about the first issue when I was in, like, eighth grade at the Motor City Comic Con. I had, like, 30 bucks left or something. Ooh. And I was just looking, burn a hole in my pocket. What am I going to buy? Yep. Mr. Malosh would go, uh, would, was really good at stretching his money. Right. And he would come back with, like, you know, a stack an inch thick because he just, like, would weasel guys down. He was always a hustler from, oh. from Jump. Good to know. He would weasel guys down or just buy lower price stuff that he yeah. was just kind of interested in. Um, whereas I was like, man, what's, what's that? What's, what's the pristine book? And like, I just asked some dude at a stall at the Detroit Comic-Con, like, like I have this much money. What should I buy? And he like pulled Sam number one down from the, down from the rack. And he, I remember he said, it's going nowhere but up. Like I cared about like, you know, right. comics as investment. Um, so yeah, I've had a copy of Sam number one for like, 30 years that's amazing yeah it's kind of weird huh when you say when you say it like that yeah <laughs> um also you're old yep but when you go back you realize that like characters that were the centerpiece of story arcs yeah around issue like 40 
actually turned up in like issue four or five mm-hmm. as like background scene filler. And mm-hmm. like, it's like, bro, did you know then or did you just riff later on? Like, Fuck them. yeah. Yeah. Like, so that's sort of Neil's genius, that's right? His, that's what he's very good at. He takes, I mean, look at a Nancy Boys, right? Like, he takes these characters and weaves larger stories from something that seems very small at first. Because I think it was the, um, it's the lesbian couple and the, uh, I think they feature most prominently in one of the Death miniseries. It's been a long time. Somebody in, somebody in Fox Love, the one, the one girl, woman's name was Fox Love, I think. Um, I'm just agreeing at this point. But in that first, in that first arc where he's like, where Morpheus is going to like, in the first story arc, he gets imprisoned by these people who are like trying to like gain immortality. And then he goes on for revenge. Uh, sort of. Sort of. He's trying to get back shit that he lost. Yes. He had a helmet. He had a Rui. Um, he had some items that he's trying to get back to like yeah. restore his power um, that were taken from him when he was in prison. And during one of these, I think a minor DC villain named like Dr. Destiny or something like mm-hmm. takes his ruby. And this is where the Justice League comes into it. But there's like Dr. Destiny is like holding a diner full of people like hostage or something. Yeah. And this foxglove is, like, in the diner. Yeah. And it's, like, mentioned by name or something. It was, like, a brief aside about her. And then she pops up again and again through the series. Mm-hmm. That's what was always, like, fascinating. And stories about her, like, Morbius doesn't even show up. But she's, like, a part of it, the ongoing. She's a part of the greater narrative, right? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that'll, that'll be... The fact that they have the space to do that definitely bodes well for the show. And you can't forget mm. how it looks. Like how do you how do you make that series look? Mm. Because it's so much a story told through comic books. Yeah. Through graphic novels. And I mean, you know, he Morpheus looks like he sings lead in a cure cover band like he's <laughs> true uh, death looks like every goth girl you fell in love with when you were in university like it's yeah <laughs> caitlin included um i i was always oh stop no i'm doing it to you you can't do it to me i can't remember if i don't do the fingers oh, okay. uh delirium there you go yeah i went as delirium for halloween once no one is surprised by that no one <laughs> You basically just were delirium as you tried to remember delirium's name. <laughs> you, hey, you may ta- as well have had a multicolored speech bubble above your head. At least I don't talk in a multicolored speech bubble, though. Um, so, like, how do you do that, right? We will find out. Like I said, the, the pedigree is actually pretty good. Uh, I don't know what game is actually t- actual title is, but, I mean, he is working. He will be a writer and executive producer. He will share those titles with David S. Goyer, um, who was attached to the Gordon-Levitt film, and who wrote The Dark Knight. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, I'll give him and, that. And uh, the other, the third party is the Wonder Woman screenwriter, Alan Heinberg, who also, like, created Young Avengers and worked on the OC and, like, has yeah. a pedigree in um, television as well. And I believe Heinberg is going to be doing the day-to-day. Uh, he's also been a writer on Grey's, Gilmore Girls. Game and Goyer and Heinberg will co-write the first episode of the series. Like, this is a pretty solid group of people working yeah. on one of the best properties to ever hit comics, like, of the last 50 years. So, Yes. I cannot... Your man's is a little hype about this. I cannot say... I have to say it because I think it every time. And I do. I honestly think it. I'm really sad that there are no persons of color or ladies working on it. It's just a thought. It passes through my head when I read 
I'm like, oh, this looks fantastic. And then I'm like, oh, it's really sad. Kate? Yeah. It takes more than three people to make a show. I know, but <laughs> I want the day where, like, people are as excited that, you know, such and such director and such and such lady is getting to work on something, right? Just, you know, think it's about time. That's all. I want the world to change, Jordan. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> Bend it to my will. <laughs> Anyways, but hey, I have Gentleman Jack for that, right? You do have Gentleman Jack for that. Yeah. Uh, so that was, yeah, so that was my last my last piece of news. Um, I can talk about Scaryvore. What? I can talk about Scaryvore. I don't know what that is. So at this point, about a month ago, uh, I was in Toronto for a concert. No, you weren't. I was. It's like me seeing a movie. What? I, saw, I went to a concert yesterday. You seeing a concert is like me seeing a movie. I know. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> I did it with my dad. Wait, is Fred Penner back in town? You know what? Shut your face. <laughs> and I wish because I would totally go to that. <laughs> um, my dad was there. My was sister it, was there. Was it, what was that dance you do? What? what? was that dancing you do? You mean Scottish country dancing? The country dancing? Is that what it was? Scottish country dancing. Yeah. Oh, what, no, no, no. Was it a concert for that? We're talking about contra. Oh, yeah. Was it, was it, was it a concert it of contra dancing? would have fit perfectly, but there was no dancing. Mm. Um, there was lots of tapping of feet and lots of clapping. Uh, Scaryvore is a band from the island over from my dad's, which is Tyree. And they gave my dad a shout out last night, which was super cool. Um, but yes, senior correspondent Chris was there. My sister was there. My dad was there. My sister's husband was there. It was a great time. Um, and I'm totally listening to them all summer, as even as I'm going to Scotland. Because it's very, it's very fitting. It was a very good show. And when they come back around to Toronto, people should look out for them. You should also join their mailing list. Because they have, like, they'll give fun songs and stuff. How many fiddles? One. How many mandolins? None. Two bagpipes. How many of those hand drums with the, with the thing? None. None? None. How many washboards? <laughs> no washboards. Washboards aren't a particularly Scottish thing. How many mouth harps? <laughs> no mouth harps. That that twang thing you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a mouth. It's like a mouth something. It's juice harp. I don't know. Uh, yeah, something. Um, none of none of those. None of that. Um, bass guitar, regular guitar. Was it just a guitar? Uh, <laughs> which goes from acoustic to electric. Um, two bagpipes. One fiddle player, one drummer, one keyboardist. Yeah. It's a good time. Okay. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> totally going to make you listen to their music at some point. Boy, oh boy. Look forward <laughs> to that Geek Down playlist. <laughs> Patrons. Oh my God, yes. Oh, I got to put that note down. <laughs> Just do it. Do it now. Playlist. Yep. Before the episode hits. Yeah. <laughs> Patrons be really confused. <laughs> they get that well, update. Well, no, I, I've done it though. And they get that update. Well, they, they're damn sure gonna, not going to... damn sure... So hot. They're damn sure going to know I would didn't do it. Yeah. All me. Good music. Uh, speaking of good music, this random update. Just, you know, little, little recos for you, friends. Uh, for the better part of 10 years, Icon, DJ Jazzy Jeff, and another DJ friend of his, colleague of his, who at the time was called Mick Boogie and then just decided to change his name to Mick. Okay. I think it was a mistake. I also think it was a mistake. If you can have Boogie to your name for any reason, you just keep it. Right. Why would you not keep it? Mick Boogie? Come on. I wish I could. 
My name's two syllables. I can't let it. George Boogie? No, I can't. Can't do that. I'm trying to think. Ferg Boogie? <laughs> no, definitely not. I can't. I can't put Boogie on my name. I I could be Kate Boogie. I could be Caitlin McBoogie. That's you had. You already had Kate Boogie, and Kate Boogie was fine. Kate Boogie was fine. Oh, okay. Caitlin McBoogie. <laughs> yeah. Sounds mucus filled. <laughs> okay, never mind. Kate Boogie, it is. But you have it's that, it's that Kate. It's that that one. Hard syllable. Kate. Kate. Kate Boogie. Mick Boogie. George Boogie. No. It's like just doesn't work. What about Jordan Mick Boogie? No. (laughs) What about the Mick? I don't know. I want to make everybody Scottish so they all enjoy Scarabore. (laughs) We have a big old Kaylee. This is my dream, okay? Bend reality to my will. It's a hell of a dream. If everyone danced Contra or Scottish Country Dancing or had Kaylee's, there would be no wars. Everyone would get their aggression out, never, swinging each other around. Never let anyone tell you your dreams are small, friends. <laughs> uh, but Jazzy Jeff and Mick Boogie uh, basically d- did something a decade ago that they called Summertime, the mixtape. Okay. They're just like, here's a little mix you can throw on at the cookout. Cool. Or at the pool. Yeah. So songs that just feel good for the summer right and it was awesome and they did one the next year and it was even better than the first oh and for 10 years (gasps) they have put out they have put out one of these mixtapes and i didn't even know it was i mean i figured they were going to do it but i didn't even know what it hit just randomly so somebody on instagram was like it's out summer officially started and i was like yes it has and man, it's just, it's just always good. Like there was initial like sense of discovery on some of the first ones, right? Um, and then there was a stretch there on maybe like volume six or seven where they were like, you know, they were using songs they used on previous previous volumes, which disappointed me a little bit. But it's just you know, it's weird given how torturous being in this room right now is. Yeah, I actually like. Like, look at the fucking music I listen, like, the records I buy. Like, I like summer vibes. I like... Yes, you do. I like digital palm trees and vaporwave and future funk and all that weird shit. Yeah. Which it does not seem to fit my aesthetic, but yet here we are. So, you know, an hour of, like... And this is just what fires me up, because I, I think, I'm, you know, thinking, like I said, you know, before the break, I'm hope, hopefully, by the time you're hearing this, I will have done... A mix, you know. I like to do my little, my little hit and run oh mixes. Gosh. I do like one a year, and I think I think it's time. And like this is just the kind of thing that inspires me to do that because it's like, you know, you start coming across all these songs that just like fit a theme, and that's when you want to. You got all kinds of summer plans. You're re- redoing your apartment, making a mix. Oh God, I'm tired already. <laughs> it was two things. There were two things on the list. The first thing is going is actually like fifteen things. Okay, true. Friends, I hope as you're hearing this, I just have like a nice, like, tidy, slick, clean. you know, organized setup. It'll be great. <laughs> It'll be great. Um, other things to listen to, speaking of, you know, good music, one of the songs, one of the moments I greatly enjoyed on the Summertime Mixtape was when Memory Lane by Nas from the classic album Illmatic turned up on it and just made me happy. I was like, oh, of course this song will be on it. It just feels so... It's so nice. Subtitle parentheses sitting in the park. That's just what oh. it's this is before. Wow. Memory lane parentheses sitting in the park, and 
it also fit because a podcast I don't even know if I've brought up before. Um, it's not always great, and sometimes it adheres a little too closely to its own formula, perhaps, but it's a show called Heat Rocks, which I don't even know if it's come up I, on the show before. I think it has. Has it? Uh, two people, a guy named Oliver Wong and a woman named Morgan Rhodes, basically bring people in to just have people talk about their Heat Rock. What's that one album for right. you that's like it, like top to bottom? Um, and this wasn't technically an episode of the show itself. They mm-hmm. started, they've started a sort of a sub series they do every once in a while on the art of sampling. So the first time they did it, they talked about this James Brown compilation that I guess came out in 86. That was like not even James Brown's greatest hits. It was like James Brown's greatest grooves and just became like the, oh, cool. the er thing for producers in that era. Like most of, most of the James Brown music that turned into hip hop came off of this compilation because it was new and people could get it and right. like had all the hottest hottest beats on it, including Funky Drummer. Funky Drummer was on there, which was a, uh, yes. which would be a weird song to put on a compilation, but there it was, and that's there you had like you know minutes of clean drums to just lift and build your beat out of. Very cool. um, and this one was on Illmatic and just the sampling that was involved there and I could listen to people talk about Omatic basically forever. I will never get tired of hearing people talk about Omatic. And Amazing. this was with Oliver, the host, and uh guy Thess One, who was a producer, is a producer and was part of a duo from California called People Under the Stairs. Um just talking about nerd shit, but <laughs> Yeah. Deep nerd shit, like even just the drum patterns that people would use because there's there's a drum pattern. It's funny, Mike's girlfriend always used to make fun of me because she used to say if if a drum beat went Boom, boom, cack. If it had that extra, like, if it had the three kicks. Yeah. Especially one that came right before the snare. Like, if it went boom, cack. That cack yeah. is, like, that's what gets me every time. Right. I, I think a beat is just flames if it does. Boom, if it has a If it has a cack. Right. I don't want to go boom, boom, cack. Boom, boom, cack. You want, I want to it go, go boom, cack. Boom, boom, cack. Like, that. that's what I want. Um, And they were, like, nerding down about that. I like DJ Premier. He was, like. That's amazing. He was doing a bunch of that on Elmatic. And yeah, I mean, you can go out and listen to that. It's a good time. <laughs> if you want. I'm not your dad. You don't have to. Like, <laughs> but people, as you said, you don't know why, but people really like your opinion on these things. I, I don't. I don't know why. It's because one of your geek down things is music. It is. And it's so boring. What's so boring? It's so boring to nerd out about music. But. What? That's not true. If you're nerding out about the right music, like Scottish music. Scottish Scottish music or uh Japanese yacht rock. Yeah. That is how we We can get down. you can come on down. We could uh, definitely talk about that. I'm really fearing that the uh the whole city pop wave is going to fully crest by the time I get to Japan, which might work in my favor because maybe the price of the records will go down, but Hey, you never know. Come back with like, well at least look at this fire shit I got and they're gonna be like, Man, we're into Afrobeat now. Like, come on, nerds. <laughs> But you've never cared what other people are into. I, re- I really never have. What did I see? <laughs> what did I see? It was like my version of uh, you, you know when you know when ladies use the uh, the nail, the painting your nails. What do they use that for? Emoji. I'm not a lady. I don't. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it in. I don't know these things. You know, it's like the. Uh, I know the emoji. You know emojis, like no, you know I know emojis. Get I know, used. but what? Is, how does it? You know how do they use it? It's like, mm. Mm? like be mad type of thing. Oh, I see. Which is like, it, I, I guess it's sort of connected to to this one as well. 
Oh, which is the, the like, the I raising, don't care. The raising hand, like, whatever. whatever. This is like, girl, stay mad. Like, <laughs> paint my nails. I got better things to worry about. Um, <sighs> someone had, I could just, I could probably find it and just show it to you. Because we know how I feel about certain elements of the uh, crate digging community and their opinions on certain records. Yes. Yes, and how do. you And how you acquire those records and the means with which you acquire those records. I just posted this on my Instagram story with just like, stay mad. What is that, Kate? That is that is a penguin. Yep. What's, yep. what's he saying? He's saying, my favorite genre is reissues. Reissues, y'all. I ain't digging for shit. I'm buying the reissue. Yep. Guess what? I still had to do the work to know the reissue was good. So. There. Whatever. Whatever. Painting my nails. Well, friends, my entire lower region is damp. Oh, I'm sure they needed to know that. Well, we don't have any updates because we gave you all the updates before. It's true. I'm probably, we all know I'm probably just still watching Murder, She Wrote. And I'm in Scotland, so I'm definitely watching Murder, She Wrote because they have a back-to-back, and I know this from last year, of Murder, She Wrote and Law and Order Special Victims. It was like the first thing she wanted to talk about. Sidebar, where's my pen? Um, I forgot it again. (laughs) You'll get it when I get back. Plus your souvenirs from Scotland, which may be a scary for CD. Please no. (laughs) trying to get rid of CDs. (laughs) Uh, no, I won't buy you that. That's the whole point of the don't call. I, don't worry. Oh, I did find out, though, that um, the goodness me near my house sells clotted cream. What is a goodness me? It's like a health food store. God. Yeah. Clotted cream. I don't feel like clotted cream has any business at the health food store. It does if you're doing the keto diet because it has zero sugar in oh it. Oh, my God. Madness. Madness. Is it keto or keto? It's keto. Ketogenic. Oh. There's a cookie that was called Neato Keto. <laughs> Couldn't rhyme if it was keto. Goodness me, is fired. <laughs> um. Anyways, we're kind of out of stuff. And plus, we got to get to the thing that we are going to talk about today. August Watch Rama becomes August Readorama. We're going to talk about the recently released comic book, Die... D-I-E. Not a verb, a noun. Yep. Or is it? Custom pull from things Caitlin McKinnon wants. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They did another focus group, guys. (laughs) It's like, like I read the description of this book and went, yeah, Kate probably going to want to read this, so we should do this. Yeah. And we're going to talk about why that is. When we come back. Welcome back to the show. We're just singing songs about sweat and how sweaty we are and how gross we are. So sweaty. So sweaty and gross. But we're here to talk about the thing that we kind of brought each other because it's August Watcharama and that's what we do this time of year. We talk about one thing because we've got to catch up on lots of things. It's too hot to talk about two things. Very much so. So before we get into the comic die or the graphic novel die, we're going to talk about our rules. Still applicable. Yep. It's because it's reading something instead of watching something. Don't be silly. Still got rules. Still got to keep things, you know, as, what's the word, organized (laughs) as possible. Real mind bender. Yeah, it's organized. All I could think of was chaos. (laughs) 
That's the word that came into my head. Uh, keep things chaotic. Um, so the first rule is the rule of three. Give the thing a chance to be what it's going to be, especially if it's something new. Yeah. Needs, you know, about three issues, three episodes to really get going. Let it find its footing. Let it set the table before you eat. You just want to eat at the kitchen. Ooh, I you don't like just want to like just shovel dry cereal in your face. No, you want to set set the table for a nice meal. You gotta get your milk. Maybe some OJ. <laughs> Having a steak? Pour a glass of milk for that <laughs> shit. <laughs> this is applicable to the last episode. Go go and listen to it. Um second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. Don't talk about the thing until you are in front of these microphones. We gotta give you guys the coolest of takes. I wish these takes were cool. wish anything in here was cool right now. It will be. Don't worry. I'll leave one day. I'll <laughs> go back to being at least five degrees cooler. You know, she's just oozing heat out of all the places. My vagina. I'm her, oozing heat out of my vagina. Her vagina is like a literal blast furnace. It's just like... It's amazing. <laughs> roast marshmallows on that <laughs> shit. Yes. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it is yes. <laughs> the third rule is not really a rule. It's a policy. <laughs> Are you going to be all right? Uh, it's fine. <laughs> I'm really glad my parents don't listen to the show anymore. <laughs> uh, we bury this shit in the back half. Yeah. Um, the third rule, which isn't really a rule, it's more of a policy, is that there will be spoilers. You honestly expect us to talk about these things without spoiling them? It's ridiculous. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. I mean, if we wanted to like preserve your experience of it, understandable however you know what you're getting into you don't care <laughs> we know what, you know what you're getting into you saw the title of this you got a warning last episode of what we were looking at so you should have been on this i don't know what else you need frankly yeah it's too hot to do anything else put a lot of labor into this already finally the description die the Wicked and the Divine writer Kieran Gillen teams up with artist Supernova Stephanie Hans, The Wicked and the Divine, 1831, and Journey into Mystery, for her first ongoing comic. Die is a pitch-black fantasy where a group of 40-something adults have to deal with the, uh, the returning unearthly horror they barely survived as teenage role players. If Kieran's in a rush, he describes it as goth Jumanji that only captures a sliver of what you'll find in the debut issue. Where fantasy gets all too real. So, having been a fan of the work of Karen Gillan for a while now, through Phonogram, through The Wicked and the Divine, through Young Avengers and some of his other work, I knew this was his most recent thing. He was basically, this is kind of what he was plugging at TCAF when he was in town. Mm-hmm. Had no idea what it was about. Didn't know anything about it. Right. And then uh, we got the collection. The collection just came out, the first trade. Got that in at Major Canadian Retailer, and I read the back and went, oh. Oh. So basically, it's like Dungeons & Dragons meets It meets the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. Apparently, this is the... uh, that was, that, was, that was the impetus for it. Right. A, a chat at a at San Diego Comic-Con, I believe, uh, with his frequent collaborator, Jamie McKelvey, and right. someone else. They got to talking about the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon from the 80s. Yep. Which involved a group of players entering the world of they, Dungeons and Dragons. They get sucked into the world of Dungeons and Dragons by the game master. And apparently, they did make it home 
in an episode that was written but never produced. Yes, and there was a car commercial made of it. Was there? I will show you the video when we're done. <laughs> so, as far as, like, broadcast television canon went, yeah. those kids never made it back. Nope. This was a plot point that started sticking in the craw of Mr. Gillen. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking, whatever happened to those kids? What did happen? Where were they? What happened to them? And according to an essay in the back of the collection, he's like, I was not in a position to start another long comic story. I had like two other long comic stories I was pitching and in the middle of working on. Yep. And then I guess apparently he had always wanted to work with, uh, what was her name? Stephanie Huns? Huns. Um, who had done some covers on previous work. He didn't know she had any experience doing sequential art. Right. Um, but then she did like a fill-in story or a backup story in one of the Journey into Mysteries, and it was great. And then they had her do one of the Wicked and the Vine spinoffs, and that was great too. And he was like, I need to do a comic with her at some point. Maybe she's into this. And she was. Yeah. Very enthusiastic. And he was like, well, guess I'm doing that then. That's uh, so what you have is a group of, are they five? Is it five of them? Six um, of them? I don't remember. Five players plus a dungeon master. Plus Saul, yes. Um, who, it's it's their birthday and Saul's running the game. Solomon, Saul's running the game. And something happens. And they all disappear. And how many years they have, later? They have magic dice. Yes. And they're 15. They pick, their, they pick the class and character first? Is that um, what it is? He, well, they kind of, the way he explains it is like, this is a totally different game. So just tell me about your characters. And he sort of names them and gives them one of the dies from the set. So, is that everything that happens in gaming? No. The one die? No. So, um, a standard set of Dungeons & Dragons dice is seven. So you've got, usually... You've got a D4, a D6, uh, a D8, a D10, 20. A, D10 a D20, and a D12. Okay. So it's five, six. So, and then sometimes you get a second D10 in it. It's usually standard, but you don't really use it. So everybody gets one of these dies. They kind of say what they want their character to be, and Saul's like, cool, you get this die. You're this, this is your die. You've got the... the four-faced die or a d4 and he keeps the d20 he keeps the d20 he is the what does he call himself the just call it the game the, the game, game master? master something like that he's he's the master so they start they they disappear these magic set of dice have transported them and they reappear two years later the two years yes and they can't say anything about it all of them but Saul all of them but Saul um I don't know what his actual name is, but Ash. Uh, he says Dominic. Dominic. Um, his sister, Angela. Yeah. Is, he kind of brought her out of pity yeah. to his birthday party, and then yeah. she disappears as well and comes back missing an arm. She does. Um, and then it jumps forward how many years? They're adults. They're, They're like middle-aged adults. Yeah. And it's Dom's birthday, and he goes out for a drink with his sister um, every time... The subject is brought up about what happened. He just says, I can't say. I can't say. Um, then a package is left at the pub he's having a drink at, and inside is the 20-sided die. With blood all over it. And he gets all the all the original crew back together, and poof! They get transported they again. Back in the world. 
And Saul is there, and apparently spending 20 years in a fantasy world has... Warped his mind. Tweaked him a little bit. Um, so it is about their quest to find a way home, basically. Yep. Um, so yeah, I read the description of this book and said, well, if this ain't built for the mind of Caitlin McKinnon, uh-huh. I don't know what is. They had a focus group. There were snacks there. Caitlin McKinnon? Yeah. Did this book come through for you? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Well, as Jordan knows, I wasn't able to... I only got through the first issue because my phone wouldn't load anything else. Um, and I was desperate <laughs> to read, like, just to take in everything else. So when I go back on the train, I will be reading the rest of the issues that are out. Um, I don't know how much is out. The train had the first five, I think. I mean, I trades are usually it, trades are usually five or six. But. I thought it said up to number seven was out, but mm. I could be wrong. Um, especially now. There may be out more out now. Um, it was great. Uh, I love the art. She real good. Yeah. Um, I loved... Talk to me about oh. the character types here. Yeah, because sure. I feel like those are all like fantasy-esque characters that I have never seen before. And I, to my mind, not really dealing in this world a lot. Things like the dictator or the god binder or the grief knight like those are all they're advanced D&D classes okay they're like taking taking D&D characters and like really making them original mm. um which you get when you've played Dungeons and Dragons for a long time right you're not just a rogue anymore you're like a fey packed rogue well that's not really a thing but okay so I have a character it's a warlock warlocks are known for making deals with godlike entities to get okay. their powers so then Dungeons and Dragons were like, we're not just going to do like a god like entity, like basically Cthulhu is my master. Mm. Um, we're going to make, you can be a fey pact warlock, which means you get your power from the fey. So how does that change the character? And how does your race change your character? Um, something like a god binder. They say it in one of the, the I think it's the second issue, they say. Uh, it's a, basically a cleric, but for demons. Mm. Um, which is just an advanced version of a cleric. So it's pe- people taking characters and putting spins on them. Uh, the fact his sister wants to be someone from Rifts, <laughs> which is, you know, cyberpunk, that kind of thing, is amazing. Um, but the, also this weird, like, drug addict version of it where, like, yes. she can only access her powers if she has, what do they call it, fair gold? It, which is fey. Right. Again, like, that fairy realm energy. Um, so yeah, these are all things that you've seen in different fantasy games. And even at the very beginning, Saul says, this is, this is Gormenghast, which if anyone's read Gormenghast, Gormenghast is fucking wild. All right, y'all. It's just nuts. Um, there's, uh, if you don't like reading older fantasy, <laughs> um, go watch the miniseries. They're actually coming out with a new one, but uh, the miniseries from, I think, the turn 1999, 2000, something like that, is actually pretty good. It doesn't have the full story in it, but it, it's a pretty good depiction of the world. Um, where it's dark. The world is a dark place. Um, there are so many questions. Beyond the, like, how does this world work? What are the limitations? What is going on? What's this war there's like, where did Saul get the magic fucking die, dice from? <laughs> how does, like, what is this world? Um, how warped is he? What, like, what is this? How long are they going to be gone? Like, there's just so many things. 
So yes, um, someone had a focus group of snacks, and they came up with this for me, which was very nice of them. Um, so I was gonna say, like, I read the trade, and the trade trade generally put a pin in a like story arc. Right. I don't even know if this really does. No, um, I don't think it does. Then what did you got the the first three? three. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> One thing it did do, which I mean, but I don't remember. <laughs> this was a mild spoiler, but I don't remember what happens. Is when you know they're all adults now, so things that they would have ignored when they were kids. It's like, you know, are we just going to talk about how that Don plays as a woman, and what that means? Like Isabel, who's like, who, who was she originally? Was she Saul's girlfriend, or? Um, I think they said that. Like she wasn't part of the group per se; she was just yeah. kind of there. It's like, yeah, we didn't have the words for it when we, we didn't have the words for it when we were kids. Now we do. So what's up? And in typical Dom Ash fashion, he just yeah. has an internal monologue and then doesn't say anything. Yeah, I liked I liked what it was doing with the character classes. My only quibble with it is I feel kind of like you know how you get about pew 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 Star Trek and stuff like that? Yeah. I feel like I've had enough Game of Thrones might have burned me out for like grim and gritty fantasy type shit. Like right. I feel like Gillen has always kind of been grim and gritty like especially in his creator own stuff right like i love phonogram but it was kind of you know, snarky oh yeah um it was dark i'll go as far as to say mean-spirited but i mean it was, it was, it was british people being awful right like it's yes um <laughs> it, it, when you read this comic read it all in british accents Caitlin's like oh my aesthetic yeah. um and wicked and divine definitely has a lot you know a very not, no, I don't know. I go as far as to say cynical, but I mean it's very dark as well. So here we had another dark take, another grim dark take on fantasy, and I was kind of right. like, I would not maybe mind a return to something that's great, something, <laughs> something where I could just be like, this is great, so, a little more, a little, a little whimsy, whimsy to it, perhaps some whimsy. I don't know. I like because with fantasy especially dungeons and dragons there's a lot of like you do fucked up shit in dungeons and dragons you kill like entire goblin towns this right that's why all the catholic moms wanted to ban it in the 80s <laughs> yes um does it lead to satan probably <laughs> uh just you do some really like morally ambiguous things because you're it's a different world right your character's a different person you're in a different situation than you would be. Well, as you're saying that, you're bringing up a very good point because, I mean, at the going out of my way not to spoil anything for you, kind of where the trade ends is where certain characters are kind of like reckoning with that. Like some yeah. characters are like, this is just fantasy. Fuck it. Like, I'll do what I have to to get home. Mm-hmm. And some other people are like, okay, but look at what we have done here. Like, right. we are not done. Like, yeah, we need to like... Who are we if this is how we leave things just to get out of here? Like, mm-hmm. So that's the conflict between the party that develops there by the end of the volume I thought was interesting Which as well. Which is a, it's kind of a question that comes up. And um, if you have a really good dungeon master, they make you face the consequences. If mm. your alignment is neutral, but you do some evil shit, they're like, it's now neutral evil. Congratulations. <laughs> right? Like they, they'll say you can't pretend you're this person when really you're doing these really terrible things um i think it also reflects on like what 
Dungeons and Dragons or any sort of role-playing game, it is different for everybody. There is this Penny Arcade joke about a group of people saying, what is D&D to you? Like, to a little focus group, being trying to make 5e, which is the newest edition Mm. of Dungeons and Dragons. And everyone had this, like, wildly different take on what Dungeons and Dragons is for them. Um, This sort of, like, puts in a lot of different elements of that. Um, It is taking worlds that have already been made, like Lord of the Rings, and using bits of that, um, using different bits of media. And in that it reminds me of um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Right. Where you have these odes to worlds and fantasy that has come before. Um, was that supposed to be Tolkien showing up in the... It is. That was Tolkien? Yes, okay. I, don't it was if it was, Tolkien. I don't know if it was Bilbo or Tolkien. But. Yeah. Um, so I really like that. Um, and that... I don't know. You're using these worlds of patchwork other worlds to explore situations you'll never be in. You'll never be fighting ogres. Um, but what does your badass character do when they fight o- ogres? Right? Um, I like all of that. And then I like the idea that some really fucked up shit happened and we don't really know the full story. About like when they were teenagers. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of stuff peppered in there where they like yeah. have to figure out they want wherever they want to get to to get the Saul. Yeah. They're like, well, it could go this way, this way, or this way. And everybody, like, without acknowledging it, is like, well, we fucking ain't going the one way. Yeah. Because of some shit that happened. That we can't. TBD. We can't we go. we will find out TBD. Yeah. We can't go back to our past like that. Like, it's just too terrifying. And his sister, Angela, is like, I am the reminder that this world is not, it's not a fantasy world. Yeah. She She's lost her arm, right? She gets it back in this world. And it's just this idea that. There's more to this world than just some sort of fantasy game. I liked all of that. And I like the art. And I like the darkness. I like things that are just fun, like Marvel. So when we have a real discussion about, like, the morality of fantasy, I'm like, yeah, morality of fantasy. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was a good time. Definitely not a book. You know, what, what's my what's my complaint all the time? Jordan. There's so many complaints. God damn it. <laughs> Specifically regarding IP. Yes. Just give me some new shit. Give me some yeah. shit I haven't seen before. And this certainly does that. I do I do have my quibbles. The artwork is very gorgeous to look at. Some of the sequential elements of it didn't fire for me as well as maybe they could have. Some some spots I found hard to read or couldn't quite suss what was going on. I think that's mm-hmm. just because she doesn't do sequential as often as she does like covers and pinup work and stuff like that but right. i mean that will come with time that, that improvement will come um so for that i'm giving it a seven but it's not in no way meant to don't take that as a you know not recommendation it's definitely yeah. definitely worth reading and not like any other book i've seen floating around in yeah. recent memory so also fun they're 40 year olds <laughs> how often do you get a book about 40 year olds always nice as well and i don't i did not read this portion of the trade thoroughly but yeah. there's a section in the back called die the rpg so i think yes i'm i think he's trying to make make an actual rpg out of this i think he did did he i think someone mentioned something about like trying to play it and i i don't know right. I, I just saw something briefly so yeah so they, they trying to do that so yeah uh what are you giving it uh i give it an eight um it could be a nine i just want to read more of it because right. thing with thing with graphic novels or comics a series of them is sometimes at the beginning things are great 
And then it takes a turn and things get stupid, boring, ridiculous, <laughs> terrible. It happens all the time. So all the time. All the time. So I like to reserve especially for graphic novels. Um what I think about it. But fair, for now. Fair enough. For now it's great. I'm sure she will uh get through all of it. I will. Probably this week. So the next time when we reconvene, oh. I will pick her brain about uh how she thought things turned out in that first story arc. That is available for, on Image Comics. I don't know the price of the trade. If it's like any other Image book, the first trade is probably much cheaper than subsequent trades will be just to get you get you hooked. Get you hooked. But I mean, check your local library. Check, com- check Comixology. Check, check any of that business. Yep. And uh, yeah, get in early. Like I said, it's a new book. Only, the, only one trade out so far. You could have the first edition. One of... Two, two hours. You can get caught up. Yeah. Get caught up on everything there. Hardy recommend from your BFFs at the Geek Down Pod. Friends. And enemies. I get her the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's too hot. Because it is warm. Thank you so much for hanging. You can get at us if you need to via any of the socials we mentioned at the top. Primarily Twitter. Get above Twitter. I just need to hit the drop. We'll be back next week to discuss... Oh, she's she's dying. Gentleman Jack, everyone. <laughs> you better... Oh, watch it, too. Who's ready for lesbian industrialists? I am. Me, over here. Uh, Who isn't, really? Apparently, it's on the Crave app. Even, even my man Pops told me he watched the first episode. because He's Ooh. like, I got to make that Crave. I got to get something out of that Crave membership now that, uh, now that Game of Thrones is over. And Gentleman Jack is a great to fill that void. Get into that, but set some time aside. Solid hours. Oh, worth it. Solid. So many petticoats. Top hats. Um, After that... To round it all up, we're going to be doing the DuckTales relaunch. Apparently. (laughs) It was in my head the whole time. I couldn't help it. Uh, Yeah. So, but that's us. That's us being boiling hot and needing to get out of here. So, to that end, she's out of here. She's gone. Have fun in Scotland. Thanks. You'll be back by the time this airs, but. But I'm sure I had a great time. I hope you had fun. I had a great time. (laughs) Friends, my name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we hope you will join us next week for a continuation of August Macharama. Dripping with finesse and lots of sweat. Dripping in finesse. It's all down my crack. Wow. Dripping in finesse.